You are listening to the Recovery Matters special bonus episodes. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Pedro and I'm in recovery. We're going to open this discussion with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. For the sake of anonymity and keeping our respective traditions, we are not going to discuss affiliation with 12-step programs by name or offer our full names at all during this broadcast. What we will do is offer you insight into the practical application of principles that helped us to arrive at the realization that the spiritual life was the key to freedom from the bondage of self. We may often quote literature that is connected to recovery programs of which we make no claims of membership or affiliation in any way. This group's primary purpose is to carry the message to anybody that still suffers. There is an easier, softer way, and it begins here today. I think Kevin has a little bit about the third step he's going to lead us off with today. Hi, my name's Kevin. I'm an alcoholic. And um, at this point, we've already gone through step one. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable or drugs or or anything else that you want to put in there. And uh, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And now we're finally at the part where this is where a lot really happens is we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Now, for me, that was like, uh, you know, I, I did have the understanding that I, I knew there was some type of power out there and it probably didn't want me to drink either because every time I drank, something awful would happen to me and the people around me and I, I did it did nothing but damage everything and everybody in my life so I knew that that power greater than me probably didn't want me to drink either so if I didn't want to drink it didn't want to drink me to drink either then it would help me to do that but so what I actually had to do though was like you had have to really make a decision to put your will into this part of it and uh for me it was i realized i came to a place where i didn't care if i went insane i didn't care if i died i didn't care if anything happened i was going to try everything i possibly could not to drink again and that's almost where i had to be with it and the concept that there is no excuse for a drink or a drug or any of that I really had to understand that part of it. And actually, the first time that I actually put this into action was that uh, the whole reason I was getting sober in the first place was that I was trying to get a girl back, you know. And when I got sober, I was going to get this girl back and it was all going to be, everything was going to be wonderful again. And she left me because I was drinking all the time, which rightfully so. So... One night I got a call from her and she said there's this her her new boyfriend was beating on her door and would you come over here and 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 help me from this you know and I'm sitting there thinking wow you know this is great you know I'm going to run over there rip the guy's arm off beat him over the head with his own arm and then I'll be you know back and good with her you know everything will be wonderful but I had been going to AA long enough that I I said you know what, let me call my sponsor first. 
And I called my sponsor, my sponsor, uh, Mike W. He was a incredible guy, you know, just walked in the room and he just radiate happiness everywhere he went. He was, I never saw him when he wasn't smiling. And I put the problem to him. I said, this is what's going on. Should I go over there? And he, he said, I don't know what you should do about that. But if I was you, I'd go to a meeting. So I hung up the phone with him. And in spite of the fact that everything in my body wanted to go over there and save the day and get, get the girl back and everything, I went to a meeting instead. And you know what? I stayed sober. And she ended up moving in with the guy a couple weeks later. So everybody worked out good because I turned my will over to to to, to the my higher power that wants me to stay sober. And to me, it's either walking towards a drink or walking away from one. There's no in between. And I can tell right from wrong just by asking that simple question. Am I walking towards a drink or away from a drink? And now I'm going to turn it over to you guys to share your experience with the third step. Chris, you want to, or, uh, you want to go first? Um, sure. I, I can say a few things. So I came, I came into the program and I thought I was doing it well, you, you know, and I think you guys have probably both heard this part of the story before. I got some time under my belt taking medication and going to all the things that they made me to go to for court. And I, I thought I was in recovery and I was, you know, my health was getting worse and worse though. And I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day or more. I, I was drinking energy drinks on top of like four pots of coffee, you know, and I go to my doctor and, and he says, well, your pancreas, your gallbladder, and your heart, they don't work right, you know, and you can't keep doing this stuff. You got to quit smoking. You got to change your diet, you know, and, and and it still might not work. He says, this will just prolong life. Your quality of life's not going to get a lot better. I could barely walk a mile, you know, and uh, I was in intense pain every day. And then, and then he puts me on uh, blood pressure medication and and offers me painkillers. So here I am back on the same drugs that I was on in the street, but I was just going to meetings. One day in a bunch of pain, I, I begged for death. I said, Lord, please either just help me to get better somehow or let me die. The next day I relapsed and died of a heroin overdose. And they narcanned me and everything, and they were about to throw in the towel. And then I just jumped up. I was wide awake. And, and they're like, whoa, I, you know, like they were shocked. They, th they thought they were seeing a ghost. And I was fine. And then right after that, my health started to get better, and I was able to quit smoking cigarettes. For the next 10 years, there was a steady incline in my health. I, be, I became able to do things in the gym that I had never done, not even in my 20s. And my entire life was different. That was kind of my first real experience with the third step. And I guess I, I'll turn it over at that point. I have more to say as it applies to the work that I currently do. But I mean, that was my, that was my first real third step experience. And I, I want to reiterate that I had been through all the steps. I went through all 12 steps before I really had that third step experience. Wow. I, I appreciate both both of those uh, relates and mine's 
Mine's a little bit different. I'm Doug, I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. You know, I knew towards the end of, of my time drinking and drugging, I kind of like what you had said, Pedro, it's, I knew there had to be something more than that. You know, I, I had been a heavy pot smoker for a long time and, and you know, it used to work really well for me. You know, it kept my drinking at bay. Um, I didn't care. I didn't care if I had booze as long as I had enough pot, you know, and, and it, um, things, things got a little squirrely when I, when I gave up smoking pot and my drinking took off. And I mean, I, I was just at a point where I realized I had, I had no control over what I was doing. You know what I mean? I would make plans and think that I was going to be okay and have, you know, four or five beers and it would turn into being out all night and last a few days. And, um, and it got to the point where I just thought there's got to be something better than this. And I had, I had exposure to, to the literature of AA. I've been given a, a, a big book, um, you know, years ahead of that and had been reading in it and, and, um, you know, was particularly, particularly intrigued by the part of the book that talks about how it works. And, and especially those pages that refer to the third step. And, and there's a story in there about, you know, an actor that's self-centered and he doesn't understand why people won't do what, what he wants them to do. And he tries to be, whether it be more demanding or more gracious, he still can't, he still can't get the show to come off the way he wants it to. It's, it's just one of those things that I would read under the influence over and over again without really understanding right then that that was me. You know, and, and it wasn't until I was at a point where I'd been brought to my knees um, and was willing to admit that I needed help. And uh, I remember, I remember walking into my first meeting um, after a, a particular, you know, a, a night where I had completely, um, I had ruined my own image of myself. I knew that I could not get any lower, and I also knew that that the God that was in my life at that point wasn't going to, wasn't going to keep saving me anymore. I, that message was clear to me. And, uh, it was a day and it was a day and a half later that I finally walked into my first, uh, 12 step meeting and sitting there next to me on the chair. And we were in a, a little kid's, a little kid's classroom. And I felt like a little kid and, uh, on the chair next to me, was this paper and next thing I knew I was kind of you know I didn't know what was going on I wasn't with someone I walked in there on my own and uh there's somebody saying hey you uh you want to read how it works it's right there with you and I read that and it was the most lucid clear moment I had ever had in my life and I'd like to say that that's when I actually began to understand the third step because in that moment, I, I truly was given my will and my life over the care of God because I knew that I had proven to myself beyond beyond the shadow of a doubt that I wasn't able to, you know, make all these plans and, and these designs. And for years, I had been living in a fantasy world, you know, where, where my will and my way was going to get me where I needed to be. I was going in completely the in reality I was going completely in the wrong direction 
but in my mind I was I was still on some grand you know grandiose adventure that was going to somehow turn out okay and uh, boy from from that day forward taking that simple act of turning turning my will and my life over um, there's been no grandiose things but it's but it's been a hell of a ride you know of the most simplest joy-filled existence not that everything goes great but I've, I've just at a point where when things aren't going well I have I have uh, you know a power greater than myself to to share it with and to look for for guidance and and it's taken all the weight off of me for trying to be in control all the time which I think was was one of my biggest you know flaws of character was thinking that I needed to uh, somehow manage better you know, rather than that rather than admit that I, I wasn't a good manager I just needed to manage better and, and having a higher power in my life like that is is absolutely incredible um, so I'm gonna take a break and see what you got to add well, to that one one of the things that I noticed was like in the 12 and 12 it talks about there's a line that I'm gonna read a little bit out of it that says it was when we try to make our will conform with God's that it began to be use our will rightly to all of us, this was the most wonderful revelation. Our whole trouble had been the misuse of willpower. We had tried to bombard our problems with it instead of attempting to bring it into agreement with God's intentions for us. And that's and then after that, they say the serenity prayer a little bit after that. But my whole philosophy of life was get a bigger bulldozer, you know, and then, then <laughs> we're going to make it work. You know, we'll we'll beat the world into submission of what I wanted, you know, and I never even thought, you know, is, you know, I didn't even know what made me happy anyways. You know, I, I always was out, you know, I never knew what made me happy, but all I had to do was stop trying so hard, stop fighting every, cease fighting everyone and everything. And that was a big thing for me because I did, I always thought I had a better way of doing things and, and, and just the serenity prayer just you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, I don't have to control everything. You know, I just have to, you know, put my will in alignment with what's in front of me. You know, and I and I do believe that there is some type of force in this universe that, that guides us in the direction that we do have a purpose and we we are where we're supposed to be and we're here to accept what we're supposed to accept too you know i've i've changed and evolved over time in this in this uh since i've been in recovery um it's been it's been a while it's been over 20 years and i've changed and evolved but the god of my understanding has changed and evolved at the same time and um i think that's neat you know what i mean i would i was always under the impression that i that that had to be static and and it really doesn't because as i change i think i need different things but the one thing that that i wanted to say relative to the third step is also the fact that it's not it's not a one-time deal for me i i literally have to pay attention on a daily basis to because i'm i'm so overwhelmed still with with that self-will you know and and wanting to somehow think that I can I can take control again but those days when when it's working right and I try to start every morning with a a simple version 
of the third step prayer. And, and, you know, in that moment, before I get going out into the world, I want to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him that day. And, you know, that, that prayer has changed and evolved over time too, as I have, and as my higher power has. But one thing that I know is, uh, needs, it needs to stay there because even if it's, um, just being in a particular rush on a given day and missing out on that it's so easy to see, for me to see how things can get haywire quick and it's so the opposite is also true i mean it just it grounds me and it puts me in a position where i'm i'm going into the day with an understanding that i don't want to take my will back today it's not to say it might not happen but that's that's where i'm you know asking for help immediately saying these are you know i'm a i'm a flawed flawed character and uh i need some help with this stuff can, can i read the third step prayer because this is like basically for beginners for the most part but i wanted to read the um the third step prayer and it's on page 63 of the big book and it goes god i offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt relieve me of the bondage of self that i may better do thy will Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And then it says, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. And I found you don't really have to abandon yourself utterly because, you know, you're going to take it back all the time. You know, all you got to do is open up the door. <laughs> there was a few lines in there somewhere right by that third step prayer i think where it says we ask for his protection and care with complete abandon i can relate that throughout my life you know to standing at that turning point and that when i ask you know like um I know the occultists talk about calling the angel and they say that, you know, if you, you, you keep asking this angel to come near and if you can do it until there's tears in your eyes, it'll definitely show. And those, those moments in my life where I really gave up my power and I said, you know, I surrender completely to this. You know, I, I accept if, if that's your will for it to be like this, but please God help me here. And boy, every time it worked. And, and every time afterwards, things that I couldn't explain away happened in my life, you know, and, and I, I know. things changed completely and and I was given more than I asked for. Only I only ever asked for a little bit, just just a little bit more because I can't keep going otherwise. And boy, it was it was given in spades after that yeah. i think there's something to that i think there's something with sending a vibration out into the universe with the core of your being that says with all i am i accept what is and i beg for this and and boy you seem to always get it if you can manage that yeah i think i think too that it, especially when it comes from a point of recognizable weakness you know like you said if you if you say it with you know if you say it until there's tears in your eyes and i think that for a lot of people myself included i had to be you know beaten down 
to be willing to completely give myself to to recovery you know to to be an open-minded to a, a lot of the material that's contained in in the 12 steps i i wasn't buying into it i i could read it i could process it i could think yeah maybe someday but it wasn't until i was at that point of weakness and and asked with tears in my eyes that i was able to see it but since then i mean there's been like like you're talking about pedro i mean there's been countless times in my life when i've simply asked to to know god's will for me and and accepted what came and it turned out to be infinitely better and far beyond any you know my wildest expectations as far as uh you know just trying to get through a moment and and being able to end up seeing you know huge blessings in in hardship you know what i mean and then and then seeing that turn into growth and and more blessings as a result of it but it's but i have to recognize in that that it's not me doing it you know what i mean the only thing i'm doing is asking for help and after that it's it's just receiving it's all the rest is all receiving mm. it's not about happiness it's about a right way of living you know and that's actually how happiness comes about is by living right but if you're if it's about it's not about happiness it's about living in a way that i could look myself in the mirror and i could look my creator in the mirror and say you know i'm trying i'm not what i should be but at least i'm not what i used to be either you know so. <laughs> i like that yeah i was i think i was telling somebody um the other day that at, they were talking about acceptance and they were like well i don't have to accept everything you know or whatever and i was like acceptance is more about being grateful for the lesson and the blessing and it says right in there that you're supposed to take action that you don't stay focused on the result and always choose to take action to be in a better place to do what needs to be done whatever you see is necessary but that you know that we have to be grateful for the pain too because it's also a gift amen yeah and i like the fact that you this is an action step and this is get you in the into the make you make a decision there's an action there and it's not it's not a light action either because you have to you have to have this down before you can go into the next step which is the fourth step but you have to have this part down that you made a decision that you are going to to you know there's not going to be any excuse for drinking anymore there's not it's you're going forward with this and you're not going to go back and this is and what you need will be there because you figured that out with step 1 and 2 what you need will be there basically what i'm saying is i'm going to do everything i can do to get sober and the rest will be given to me as a gift because i'm not i don't have enough to do it but if i'm doing everything i possibly can to stay sober what i'm short will be given to me and i will stay sober it's funny how everyone's experience is different and the timing of of things is different because i've got a good friend of mine that you know talks a lot about the promises and and the fact that you know the promises are after the ninth step and and you know that that's when a lot of people see a big growth spurt in their recovery is is doing that and and i do agree with that but my own personal experience is that 
if I'm really committed and practicing the third step that I can see a lot of rewards and I can see a lot of those promises just just in a well practiced third step without you know I've I've constantly have to rework a program on a daily basis and it it might involve it might involve all 12 steps on any given day but I think the one that that makes the most difference for me and why I was so glad to be you know here with you guys to talk about this third step is that I do think that in my personal experience that's where I saw the most happen and and as I continue to grow I see the biggest result from you know recommitting to that on a on a sometimes more than once or twice or three times a day basis you know is recognizing that I'm starting to get off course and starting to take my will back and it's as simple as saying relax take it easy turn it over and stop trying to figure everything out instead and like you said uh, as well stay busy you know keep keep active don't just sit there and wait for something good to happen by god get your ass in gear and go do something <laughs> You know, I need to do that because the busier I am, the the better things go for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I think this is an action-based program, and it's a good segue for us to say something. If the atheists have listened this long, we need to offer them an explanation of why this program works. And I think that the power of prayer is explained to the scientists by neuro-linguistic programming. You know, that you can suggest something to the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind will set about accomplishing that task in ways that you could never hope to design on your own. And that that's your communication with God in the small, really, is you being able to appeal to the parts of yourself that work from your core without all of the things that your personality has built from the people you meet and, and your, your formatory years, you know, when you, when you appeal to the part of you that works on an animal level below that, then you can get a lot more done. And, and so, you know, um, self hypnosis is a very powerful form of prayer. And, um, also that we really rely on this God character as a feature of being able to take action without being worried about the result, you know? So I can plan something, take action, and leave the rest up to whatever I believe God is and take the next action. And that is very measurably more effective than somebody who's pining over one little effort they made, which is what alcoholics tend to do. <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> Oh, and if and if you want to be unhappy, just think about how to make yourself happy all the time, and that's if that's all you think about, you will be the most unhappy person in the world. Because what? we're part of a big universe here, and it, and our will is, you know, when people say, "Well, I can't accept that," you know what? What you're what you're asked to accept doesn't care whether you accept it or not <laughs> it's real it's there you know there's no such a thing as unacceptable behavior because you have to accept it because they do it you don't have to go back but the whole point is is if i want to be unhappy just think about what makes me happy all the time and that's it but if i want to expand my world and, and what's good for the universe what's good for the people around me what's good for and i believe christ put it well you know when he said that when you when how you treat the littlest of us you're treating 
me the same way you're treat you know if you treat a child talking to a child you're talking to me if you're talking to somebody that's hungry you're talking to me you know i i get that concept that these people that we live with even the most irritating people in the universe they're they're here you know not so much i i can look at them today and they're here to teach me something not you know these people are irritating me you know maybe i learn need to learn how to deal with people without getting irritated bring it back to myself <laughs> boy i could not agree more and i'm so glad i'm so glad pedro that you mentioned you know the atheist and the and the connection to the subconscious because i mean that that's god to me is god the god of my understanding works on my subconscious because it, there's been very few times that i have felt as though i um felt as though i had a direct that there that i had an a to b connection where god was talking to me directly but it always comes to me through through my subconscious and i mean that that could be anything you know what i mean i i have my own belief system but uh, i also understand that that there's a huge like like what Kevin said it's a huge world out there a big universe and my god ain't the only god you know what i mean and and, and there's plenty of people that can relate to the third step without having any capital god in their life and it can be done just as you mentioned just by by good good orderly thinking you know what i mean good orderly direction and and the subconscious making decisions for us without us thinking it over I don't know if that got lost or if it made sense or not. No, I I think that made sense to me and it reminds me what I so I had this first sponsor and he was a he was a drug guy. And um boy, he was, you know, he was very grassroots. I don't know if I would have been able to get sober without him. He was still very much a criminal like I was, you know. He wanted to get away with whatever he could get away with in recovery. And um <laughs> and and he said he said listen step 3 is just a decision. He said you don't have to be able to do this yet. You just have to make a decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of God as you understand him and you don't have to understand him. It's just a decision. And and you know that was easy for me and I I really feel like it was so necessary because The reality is is that I'm never really going to fully understand it. It's not it's not meant to be understood. And on a daily basis I have to make that decision over and over again. I take my will back all the time. It can easily become about what I want and what I what I think I should be able to provide for my friends, for my family, for myself. And so if I were to actually have to turn my will and my life over in step 3, I'd be stuck there. I would have never been able to move to step 4 and and I would, you know, I there I would have been complacent and unable to make progress in the program. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. We have actually more of us that's unconscious than conscious. And um I, I just heard a story about Oliver Sacks. I don't know if you you he was a neuroscientist that was an incredible man actually. But he actually was he was on a mountain and he, he got hurt somehow and he was like 30 40 miles away from where he needed to go and he was just laying down and he 
was going to give up and and just completely give up and go to sleep. And all of a sudden, he he heard this voice, and it was a voice that he said he knew he could not say no to. It told him to get up and get moving, because you you can't go to sleep right now. And he he put it down that it was his subconscious telling him this, and he ended up actually getting up and moving on, and he got found by somebody that was passing by just randomly, and they grabbed and he went to the hospital and everything, but he lived through it. But he heard that voice in his head, and he's a neuroscientist and complete total atheist. But he he knew he could not say no to that voice that was within him. There is some type of power. We don't have to understand it. We don't, and they use that in the big book. They talk about that you don't have to understand electricity to turn the light switch on. You don't have to. You just use it. Yeah, and, and what's neat about you know the the fellowship of recovery is the fact that I've learned I've learned so much to complement my own understanding, and it's never been a full understanding. But every every new person that I talk to helps me to to move along along the line of of a fuller understanding of what what it means to have a higher power. And and I've borrowed I've borrowed everybody's, you know what I mean. I've I started out with my own, and and it's like a patchwork now, of just of a lot of people that I've known over over the time that I've been in recovery, and just the story that you just told, Kevin. I mean, that's another perfect example of how I can. That's a part of me now, you know, and I can use it to to understand this better, and and it's it's all growth. It's not it's not a Uh, destination. It's all just, just getting a little further down the road. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that, you know, for the newcomer or the first, the person looking at step three for the first time, it can be very intimidating. That you know, the, this God, I'm not even sure if I believe in that. I have to turn over everything to. Man, my experience was that I would be shown that all I had to do was believe just enough. Just enough mm-hmm. to go ahead and try step four with someone, and and as time went on, I was I was shown beyond a need for faith that it was real. But it took time. It took time, and that tiny bit of faith, you know, the faith of a mustard seed, right, moves a mountain or whatever. And it says in the big book, it says, "This is the way to a faith that works," and that's the whole thing is. This is something that I've had in my life, and it is something that actually works. And it's something I can point to. I can have places in my life where I've seen it work. I know it works beyond a shadow of a doubt. And the only way anybody else is going to know it works is to try it and to do it. Yeah, you could tell somebody. You could tell somebody a hundred different ways that it's worked for you, and it's right. all helpful. But until until they've tried it for themselves, and and had some direct response or some direct experience with it, um, it's it's not the same. Yeah, I tell people don't believe a word I say. Just do what I tell you, and then find out for yourself. And then it's <laughs> your experience. Don't believe a word I say, because you don't need to. It's got to be your experience. If you do the action part, 
you will know and it will happen i've got a friend of mine that's going through um some struggles right now with with turning turning his will and his and his life over to the care of god and, and trusting that the result is, is going to be satisfactory and no matter how many times i tell him my own experience it's not going to do any good until he actually i mean he's just white knuckling onto his own will and he he absolutely refuses to let it go and and i think he's amazed with the patience that i have which is god given in in my in my mind it's god given that i'm not i'm not upset that he's not because i know that he's got to experience it for himself to fully believe it i just keep telling him over and over again you know my own and and the experience of other people that i've known in this program and and how that how it worked for them and say when when you get when you're tired of hurting you're going to actually do it and then you're going to be blown away and you're going to wish you had done it sooner i think that it, when we want to stop it all becomes super obvious and that but if we want to drink we can't see any of it you know like i i definitely been in a room with you're surrounded by people with long-term sobriety who all have great lives, you know, and they all have money and they all have a beautiful wife and they all everything that you're asking, why can't you have it? And these people are just saying just just don't drink one day at a time and you'll get all this stuff. And boy, nobody believes it. They're like, "Nah, I'm miserable. I'd rather be at a bar, you know." Doesn't matter. You can't shove it down their throat and then then when they're ready, they can't get enough of it, you know? That's you know? absolutely true. Yeah, I think that's a wrap, don't you? Yeah, we just do the Our Father. Okay, so would you like to say it, or would, you know, should one of us? I said the I said the opening prayer. Yeah, why don't do you, you say it, Doug? You want to do, do you, it? Um, um, to the effect of kind of putting a bow on what we talked about? Sure. You want to talk for one minute or less, how, whatever's comfortable, and then say the Our Father. Go for it. Try to yeah. close it up. Well, you, you know what, guys? I I um, I just want to thank you for including me on this third step podcast because um, the time flies by, and I I can't help but think that I'm I'm definitely a work in progress, and you guys are a huge part of that. And hearing your experience, um, as I said before, I I need to do this stuff every day, and hearing your experience tonight has certainly made it easier for me. And and I hope that anything that that I may have said can help somebody else. And uh, if you guys have had enough, I think, I think we'll end it for tonight. And um, if, with your permission, I'd like to close it with a, a universal, what I think of as a universal, not just a Christian prayer, the Our Father. Amen. Yeah, sounds well, good. Moment of silence. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.